I saw this video. Uh, it's just sort of a funny thing. I saw this video the other day and it was the headline is something like, you know, amazing dad with his twins. Right. And it was a picture of a guy feeding his kids. And it was like, <laughs> Like there was just like these two kids sitting in high chairs and he was feeding them. And it actually had, it was like gone viral of this amazing dad with his twins. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I am so tired of watching women waste so much energy on their looks. I know. Sometimes it feels like it's the only thing that we know how to talk about. You know what we need to do? We need to change the conversation. Because if we could change what women talk about. And the way that women talk to each other and to themselves, that would change their whole mindset. And changing their mindset could shift their energy. And all that energy could change the world. All right, so let's do it. Let's give them something else to talk about. Let's do it. Hi, Mary. Hi, Khadija. We have a special guest today. I know. I'm so excited. This is our first interview ever. And I love how you were like, I, I told you I said I wanted to like name these series, like this part of the series, a separate thing. And you were like, oh, so we're going to do this again? Like, who are we interviewing? <laughs> but I thought that our guest, our first guest is so special that she can't yeah. be followed by anyone. No one can compete after you, right? <laughs> Oh my God! Look at the pressure. So, so let me let me introduce our guest this way, um, and it's going to make me look like I worry about how it make me seem. But she was also my student. <laughs> Which one of you is older? Delinda, uh, by like a okay. year. Okay, so um, our, our our guest is Jill, and she was my student, also an engineer. She is an electrical engineer, and she's very fancy, um, high ranking in her business. But we had I, you got to laugh, Jill. We had a <laughs> we had the funniest relationship, didn't we? Like I we we ran together, and I don't again. I I don't as I talked about in our my first episode with Khadija, like I remember Khadija sitting in a desk being my student. And then here we are today, like 20 years later, right? I remember you in my class. I remember it exactly. And then, then going through family photos, you're in every one of them for those years. You know, there's, there's Michael at his prom, you know, getting dressed for prom. There's Joel in the picture. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, you were, you were, absolutely as much a part of our family as anybody else then and every picture I have of my daughter when she was my youngest child when she was little like she's sitting on your lap or she's sitting on your shoulders or you're with my dog so I had like my own room at your house you did. <laughs> yes so um it's certainly not the case that this happens with all my students right I would have a full house if I adopted all my students but uh and the thing about Jill that I liked so much is that you just, you always said the funniest things. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. I mean, in the middle of calculus class, so it didn't matter where we were. You were, if you can make me laugh, you're going to be my friend for the rest of my life. So, um, and you did that. So now you are, are you 40 yet? I am 40. Yes. Jill, how old is your son? He's three. He's three years old. So she, and how old is it? So you had a baby at 37. I did the math on that. And Khadija, what was your last? How old were you on your last one? I was 36 when I had mine. Okay. And he's going to be four next month. No, congratulations. Yeah. That's, well, but how about when you had your last one? When you had the youngest oh, one? 
Yeah, last year, 39. And I'll be yeah. 40 next month. So and should be one. So we did have um, we did have an entire podcast about the timing of childbearing. So that's why I'm mentioning the ages that you were. Uh, anyway, so I thought the reason why I wanted to invite you, Jill, is because we talk a lot about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about it. We talk a lot about so many issues that are related to, uh, you know, what are, what are you showing your kids by how you live your life, right? Mm-hmm. And then I thought I thought about you because you told me once something that your father said about families when you have a baby, and I wanted you to share that because it was such a different perspective about families and the work life balance and the role of the mother, typically, or which know, part? It, it, the mother going back to work. Um, I think that growing up, I always had a a mother and a father working always. So always had my mother and my father working. I went to daycare, went to a sack after school, all those different programs. And somewhere along the line, I think in my generation, especially a lot of the people we went to school with, there was a lot of women who were deciding to stay at home, which I think is great if you're able to do that. Um, in some places, it became a burden for, you know, when you're either coming out of school, everything, adulting is hard. And having to pay the bills and mortgage and if somebody wants to go back to grad school, like all those things are happening typically when you're right out of school. And so I think my dad was seeing a lot of burden being placed on a lot of the men. And so he was he shared a sentiment that he he just thought that sometimes but one woman staying home, you know, in a couple, someone staying home creates an undue burden on the family. And especially when it's a decision sometimes for that for and for forever. Like, so if a woman decides, like, hey, at 25 years old, I'm going to be a stay at home mother for the rest of my life, even when my kids are in high school. Um, He was commenting on that. And so his advice was that, you know, both both folks stay in the workforce as long as they can. And I think I saw a lot of cases where. A lot of times we think as women that that's kind of helping us. And, and everyone, I want to say, everybody should make their own decision with whatever. There's no judgment here. But I think that what he's saying is that when a woman is out of the workplace for, let's say, 10 years and you're 100% dependent on your husband, that creates a burden on the household for one. And then number two, it's not that easy to jump back in. Some women are blessed to be able to like jump back into the working world, but that doesn't always happen. Your skills are, you know, your skills are, you can't compete with the 20 something person who's coming out. Who's, you know, it's so a lot of those things are more challenging all around. So that was the advice that my dad shared and had his perspective, you know, with me. Well, I could not agree more with everything you said. In fact, I think we've probably talked about every one of those topics at some point in a podcast. And the the other thing I want to add to that, though, is, you know, you think you're going to get like time goes by a lot faster than you think. Don't you agree? Like you might think, oh, I'm just going to work until my kids are in kindergarten. And then your kids get to kindergarten. And before you know it, somehow your kids are in college. and You still don't. You haven't gone back to work yet. And I have a lot and a lot. Okay, so I have. You have to remember that, like, I don't have a lot of friends to begin with. So when I say a lot of my friends, that might be two people because I don't have that many friends. But a lot of my friends have tried to go back to work in their 40s or 50s. 
None of them have been able to successfully do that because they'd have to enter the workforce as, as at the same place like a 20 year old would because they've been mm-hmm. out for so long and they don't want to start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's I just and what one of the things that Khadija and I are really committed to is the whole purpose of this podcast is that we start having people think about these things before they're in the middle of it. Right. Like maybe think about this when you're younger, you know, before before you're sitting there and you haven't been in work for five years and suddenly you're thinking, well, now how do I get back in and how do I get back in at the level I was at? Do I want to go back? Like, I agree with you completely. Sort of that. It's a no judgment thing, right? I mean, (laughs) if I could be a stay at home mom, like right, if I had a like, I could, and the choice were, you know, we're there. Yeah, would you do it? It's it's different. I think I would do. I think that, you know, if if I would maybe be doing something, there's not as much pressure to maintain. So some days when it's hard at work and everything else, you're kind of like, you know, I just want to go on a yacht and like be gone for three months. Right. Right. And right. so because you don't always have the luxury of doing that, I think that's where, you know, people can say they would do something to their certain situation. Yeah. OK, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, your job, I don't know anything about your job, Jill. I know that you are an electrical engineer and I do know that at some point in your life you worked on the vibrations in submarines. Is that right? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're laughing. What did, what did I get wrong? Um, it was like mine warfare. Oh, okay. um, so basically making sure that uh, programs and like your computers and hardware could sustain a blast. It's like, oh, okay. Mine. Oh, okay. So, so it's so like we're talking big vibrations, not just like little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. You're, you're getting warmer. <laughs> you're right there. Yeah. Right. So I mean, your job is and you're and you've been at how long have you been at your company? This company, eight years. Eight years. So, and um, what more can I say about you uh, that you're okay with me saying? I have a question. So when you had the baby, like what was your, what was your maternity situation like? You took off for how long? Uh, I took off for three months. And so at first I thought, yeah, I'm going to take off. Okay. When I actually, I interviewed for a job. And I didn't hear back for a really long time. Like I'm talking like month or so. I didn't hear back and found out I was pregnant. Da, 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 da. And I got a call for the, I got the job. So you were pregnant when they offered you the job. Yes. And I was freaked within out. Within the same company. Within the same company. Yeah. Within the same company. Well, we've changed. We've been purchased several times. So I just. You just said you worked there for eight years, which is yeah. So eight within eight years, yes, but it was several, you know, several acquisitions later. But same, same overall structure. But yeah, so I found that I was pregnant, and you know, I was just like, I was. It was a promotion from uh, a program management position to, you know, this account management position. You know, a step up. People had vouched for me, and I just felt so like just that feeling of dread and nervousness. And I was like, I'm going to take, you know, three weeks off and I'm going to be back in the saddle. You know, I, you know, I can't let this be a burden. And so, you know, it was just, I remember a, a woman told me, she said, look, this is your only time to have a baby, this baby, take as much time as you possibly can that you can, because this is the only time you have with this child. 
And so I made a decision to take three months. I mean, some people take longer, but that's why I went from the three weeks <laughs> to yeah, three months. Right. And everything Did, was fine. Yeah. And then obviously everything was fine because you're still yeah. employed by them and they like you, right? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so did your husband, did he, I don't know, I, don't, I can't remember what he was doing at that point. Did he get a paternity leave? No. He what didn't did get I it think? at all. <laughs> he didn't. He, well, he think he took like a week off or whatever. And I was like, he took some time off. So I, I relied on my mom a lot during that right. time. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the topics that um, I'd like to, that Khadija and I talked about before is I think when I become the president of the United States, which will never happen because for so many reasons, but my first thing would be to require like a six-week paternity leave for all new fathers um, and require it. Like it's mandatory for all of them and it cannot be the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. Because you know, during that first six weeks when you have a newborn and you maybe have your mom there, he, what's he going to do anyway, right? Yeah, he like went to go work out a couple times. I was like, seriously? <laughs> you going to the gym? <laughs> he was like, yeah. well, he, his day's off to help me. He's like, at the gym. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like, don't you, th- I mean, it sounds like your husband is an equal co-parent. Is that correct? Yes. And like, you don't have any problems. To problem- an extent. I think like, you know, I think women need to realize that, you know, especially babies, they're, you're their mama. Right. They do, they do what they, you know, men do what they can, but you know, when you look for the equality in your parenting relationship, you're going to be frustrated forever. Yep. I agree with you. I, that, that's yep. so smart because, but, but like you would leave your children with your husband. Yes. I would not be afraid to leave my child with him. <laughs> I think that'd be bad if he was like, <laughs> he couldn't go anywhere. But at first I was really nervous, you know, because only you do things a certain way. And so, you know. Now that he's three, I'm like, please take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I remember? Just, just as a funny aside, uh, one of the funniest things that you said, Jill, when I saw you when you had a, a little teeny baby, <laughs> this made me laugh so much. You were, you were sitting there, you were holding him. He's just a little newborn. And you said, you're like, when does he get a neck? Like, when do they grow that? <laughs> babies didn't have necks for like <laughs> it's like a body in the head <laughs> look at each child i'm like i challenge you look at child yeah it's true it's true and did you feel like your mom i mean you've been around kids your whole life right mm-hmm. yeah i had not have you been around kids your whole life khadijah i mean no not really no but i mean even still did you feel any sense when your when your son was born, Jill, that like there was all these things that no one told you or, or just like it was so different from what people had made you think it was going to be? Or was it exactly what you expected? No, no, it's I think that it's people can tell you what a lot of things are going to be like. But until you walk in it, I mean, the 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 stress, the like the your body being weak, you know, just the demands like I didn't wake up before like 2 p.m. for a long time, like a first month, <laughs> you know, because it just was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And all the things people tell you that they, oh, never let your child sleep in the bed. Never let, like all these things are all like cutesy things that like real life, it's like survival. Right. Like mm-hmm. if I got it, if he has to sleep in the bed with me to survive this night, you know, like that's what it's going to be. And I think that 
there's so much like all the things I said as a non-parent judging other parents. I think that like, oh, if my child drops something on the floor, I'm not picking that up. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I pick it up. You know, it's like all the things we say to Mm -hmm. other parents and things we, you know, things we, the pressures we feel as mothers. I think it's different when you're actually walking through it. Were you mad when you, after you had a kid, like, why didn't they tell me this? Like about other mothers, like, why didn't they tell me this? They didn't tell me any of this. Were you mad like that? I think I felt more, um, I felt more compassion and I felt, I felt bad for people I had judged. Mm-hmm. Like I had some friends who had kids really early and I was like, why can't they come out anymore? And like, you know, why, why can't they go to dinner with us on Friday night? You know, all the things that I'm like, I would just, if I were a mom, I'd just leave my child, you know, all these things that I thought self-righteously, mm-hmm. if you will. And I felt like when you're in the situation, finally, um, everything changes. Yeah. Hmm. Do you, how was it going back to work? Like what was the first week like when you went back to work? So hard. It was so hard. Not just leaving my child. Not, I mean, because I had my mother, that was like the easier part. So like I felt I didn't have that kind of like mom guilt going back to work because I right. knew. You were dropping him off at some sort of daycare with a bunch of screaming kids, right? Yeah. So she came over to the house that made the transition. He could wake up, you know, in his own environment. And so... But I think just going back to work and like the mommy fog and your brain is real. Like, so having this new fancy job where all these people now, you know, people reporting to me things like it's a brand new level of things. I don't necessarily know all, I don't know all the stuff. Like I'd mastered this other domain and I'm over here and I'm like, you know, portion job I've never been exposed to, but I'm, I'm responsible. And so having to learn a new job, deal with a, you know, a newborn, those emotions, and then people coming for me at work, you know, people who were upset, I got the job. And so all those balancing, all those pieces, um, that was the part that was so hard. Huh. So there were people who are mad that you got the job? Of course. Yeah. Then how do they express that anger? Oh, I mean, all kinds. I mean, you know, it's, when it's a competitive environment where people apply for a job and don't get it, or they thought somebody else should have had the job, or like, you know, you're someone who's much older reporting into you. I mean, there's all kinds of, um, I think I've had people who, you know, I had one lady who, um, you know, wrote a letter to her. She was supporting me, but she, she didn't work for me, but she supported me. Like she was a dotted line support. She had her own boss over here. I had a meeting that I was on, didn't have my camera on. Actually, I, it was a conference call. Back when we did conference calls instead of all Zoom, <laughs> we were on a, a conference call and I joined. She joined after I got there. And she, so she missed the introduction. And then she like wrote an email to her boss saying that I wasn't at the meeting, you know? And so like she, so every little thing, every step she was like trying to report me um, on. And I was like, so her boss writes me this email and I'm like, you know, I'm actually on the meeting joined before you, before she did, you know, so it's like on the defensive all the time when you're, uh, when you're in these scenarios, like, you know, there's a lot of factors that play into that, but new mom, you know, there's racial stuff that plays into that. There's gender stuff, there's age stuff. So dealing with all that, that was the harder part. And being like, feeling, I felt like I had my hand behind my back with the child because normally if I needed to get work done, I could just like stay up all night long, get something done. 
if I like lock myself in a room, get something done. But with the baby, it's like, I felt like I was a half player on mm. the job because I couldn't fight the same way that I would have before I had the child. Do you ever notice any of your um, male colleagues having the same issues in terms of, I mean, they could, right? There's no reason if there was, there's could be somebody that people didn't think he should have gotten the job. He could be losing sleep because he has a newborn at home. He could have the racial issues. I mean, there could be all these, all those things you mentioned could be happening to a man, but somehow I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know? I think that because we don't have, it's the demands on a mom are just straight up different than a, a, hus- like a woman versus a man who go through a baby situation unless most times there's always exceptions, but generally speaking, it's all, it's mostly on the mom. Dad helps, you know, but dad can't breastfeed the child. Like child wakes up, newborn wakes up in the night. They don't want dad. They want mom. Like there's all those things that, um, you know, a lot of dads come and they think they're doing a great job for taking two weeks off for work. You know, they have, a, a, everyone thinks they're doing a good job too. You know, right. <laughs> like a badge of honor. He took two weeks off. Wow. Dad of the year, you know. <laughs> I saw this video. Uh, it's just sort of a funny thing. I saw this video the other day and it was the headline is something like, you know, amazing dad with his twins. Right. And it was a picture of a guy feeding his kids. And it was like, <laughs> like that's what you, there was just like these two kids sitting in high chairs and he was feeding them. And it actually had it was like gone viral of this amazing dad with his twins. I'm like, <laughs> they just were <laughs> eating. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's so I. I think that there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with in the lean on lean in book. I think yeah. it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's like, because you're rich, you can do all these things. Um, you know, have, make your husband tell, go home and tell your husband that he's going to do it. You know, all these things that we, we hear. And I think the one thing that actually really stuck that helped me was just to keep pressing that even though it's hard and even though, Day after day, you know, you feel like you like I feel like, oh, my God, I have all this stuff. I'm, I'm not doing all these things at work, um, you know, just to continue put one foot in front of the other. You know, even though um, I was tired and I had to stay up till two o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes my, that was my time to respond to emails sometimes 2 a.m. That's the only time I had that was quiet. So if I had to do that for like two hours and go to sleep at four and wake up at six, like that was the one thing I, I, I took away was just to keep going. Yeah, no, I, I've actually, my, my, uh, one of my mottos in life <laughs> is that you don't get, you're not, you don't become successful because you're smarter or better educated or whatever. Like in my experience, the people who really are successful in whatever you define success is they just didn't give up. They just kept trying. They just, you know, if they wanted to be, um, I don't know, a successful farmer. They just kept trying that you just don't give up. And that's, and I feel like, I feel like when you have a baby and, and, and I don't know, I mean, it's, you're, you're just enough younger than me, both of you, that you really live in a different world from what I lived in. But I felt like the world, the world wanted me to give up. Mm-hmm. And nobody would have been surprised at all if I had if I had just like thrown up my hands and said, I'm done. I'm going to I'm just going to stay home now. Everyone was like, well, of course you are. Of course you are. Right. And um, but I didn't want to do that for so many reasons, uh, one of which was I really liked my job. 
Mm-hmm. And I got so much out of my job and I felt like I had this whole identity that was separate from being a mother. Because when you want to know the truth, I was not a particularly good mother. Stop. <laughs> I, I, I know, it's, it's actually true. Like I look back at it and I'm like, yeah, I was probably a much better math teacher than I was a mother. I had no natural inclination for mothering. I just didn't. Yeah, but I had a very natural inclination for teaching. So it was nice to have something in my life I always felt good about, you know? And you, <laughs> both of you must feel good about your jobs, right? Kadisha, do you feel good about your job? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, like you've, you have, as we've talked before, you went from not wanting to take pre-calculus <laughs> to being like, you have a master's degree, you're a manager, you're, you're a hotshot, right? Hotshot. Sure. You're a hotshot. <laughs> You're a hotshot in the world of stormwater, right? Storm, is that what you do? Stormwater? No, not anymore. No, I don't no. do it anymore. Well, and you're a hotshot, Jill. I mean, you guys are, you guys are, you guys are actually what you wanted to be, right? When you went to engineering school, do you now have the job that you'd hoped for? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I know. When I went to engineering I school, my only goal was not to, not to, not to, my only goal was to graduate, <laughs> not to give up. Everything else I thought the doors would open after that, but man, you didn't have a dream job or like you never, you never dreamt about what kind of job you'd have someday. I think just like in a blurry way, but uh-huh. I was never one of those people who was like, I need to do, da-da-da. you know, I was never one of those people who had like this whole entire, you know, uh, course charted for myself. Hmm. Did I, you? I, oh, I did. I, did. I well, so you did? I grew, did you I did, but I, I was supposed to go to like Africa and help people clean water, do clean water systems. I never did that. Like not even close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now wait, now let's back that up because you did actually invent. I did. Uh, you did invent an incredibly inexpensive water purification, portable water purification system. You did do that. That's awesome. I did. But then, yeah, I didn't pursue it. I didn't, I didn't go away. I stayed here. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I remember that was, it was such a simple and brilliant thing. And, uh, no, I had, so I grew up, I, you know, I just, I laugh at myself so much when I feel like I'm talking about like the old days, right? Like <laughs> back when I grew up, uh, the, the, I used to watch the Mary Tyler Moore show. And so here's a little fun fact for you guys. Um, the first, when I grew up, there was, it was, it was the sixties. Okay. And up until the late sixties or seventies, you could not be a teacher if you were pregnant, like you were not allowed to teach if you were pregnant and being pregnancy was a completely justifiable reason to be terminated from any job you had. Mm. Uh, And so many women and women had so many babies back then that a lot of women just didn't have careers. So anyway, the point is I growing up did not know a single, I didn't personally know a single woman who had a job. I mean, I don't mean single. I mean, I did not know any women, adult women with jobs. Mm. I never, none of my friends' mothers went to work. Uh, One of my friends, her mother went to work when we were in high school and that blew me away. But anyway, so I would sit there and I'd watch the Mary Tyler Moore show. And that was my only example of a woman having a job. And I was, I was so like, I want to be Mary Tyler Moore down to having the big letter M on my wall. I wanted that. I wanted to live in a really cool apartment with all of my friends. And, you know, if you ever watched the Mary Tyler Moore show, did you ever watch it? I didn't. Oh my God. This is like, this, this is friendship ending, you guys. But, <laughs> but I, thought, 
Yeah, yeah, she throws her hat up in the air. But the thing is, is it's all workplace stuff. It's all funny, but it's like she never dates. There's never a conversation about her not being married or not having kids or dating. They never even mention it. And she seems deliriously happy. And so that was my vision of myself as an adult. What my goal was, was to never be married, to live in a really cool upper floor apartment with all my friends, (laughs) all of which were unmarried. And we were just going to like... You can have the world. Why don't you take it? That was the that was the theme song of the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I was like, I could, had never dreamed of having that kind of life because all I saw around me was what you saw in Ohio in 1960, you know? Um, and so just the fact that I was going to have my own apartment, that was really cool. The fact that I was going to get to wear work clothes was really cool. Um, that's what I dreamt of. And, you know, so and then it didn't quite oh. work. I mean, it. How did how did going to college play into that? Like, what was the conversation that got you into college? If if, if you never saw anybody working and like, who, you know, I don't. How did that play in? All right, so th- that's actually um, it's slightly more interesting than you might imagine because I was still at that point where it didn't make a lot of sense financially for a woman to go to college because they were probably never going to work. Right. So this is before birth control and um, well, birth control is out there. It was before the pill became legal to take without your husband's permission. Um, and so anyway, so you weren't going to work. And so no what my mom, my mom and my, my mom really drove the boat. My mom did not go to college. She was very smart and she um, she wanted something different for my sister and for me than what she had. And so we had, it, going to college was. We had to go. And my grandmothers, I didn't have a grand, I mean, my grandfathers were dead by then, but everybody else, every other relative I had thought it was the most selfish thing that I could ever want to do. Like, how can you do that? How can you expect them to spend even more money on you when you're never going to give it back? You're never going to have a job. You're never going to return it. You're just, you're just being lazy. You don't want to get a job. It was very, very negative. But so my parents, but it's so funny is my parents, not only did they insist that I go to college, that they said they would not pay for me to go to college if I went in state. That if oh. I was going to go, I had to go out of state for them to pay for it. They wanted me to be, I grew up in a pretty depressed place, uh, economically depressed place. And uh, they're like, you got to go somewhere else. Maybe they're trying to get rid of me. I've never really thought about that. But I mean, they just like, you got to see something else. You got to go somewhere else. And like, you know, when I went off to college, my menu of what a woman could do for a job, I think it had three things on that menu. I could have been a nurse. I could have been a teacher. And what was the third one? What was the third thing a woman could have done back then? Nurse, teacher, and secretary. (laughs) And I definitely was not going to be a nurse and I was not going to be a secretary. So we have a winner. I was a teacher, you know, and I never, you think about, I mean, you guys know me. I am the, like the perfect person to have been an engineer. Don't you think? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I just have that engineering mentality. My dad's an engineer. My husband's an engineer. My son's an engineer. I'm surrounded by engineers. No one once ever said to me, you should be an engineer. They said to me, you should not go to college. You should stay home and you should start working as soon as you can. So there was a, and so then when I wanted to go to grad school, do you know that until the day he died, my father, (laughs) my father truly believed that I was lying about having gone to grad school. 
She'd be like, oh, you didn't go to grad school. Like, I did that. I swear. Like, because he just, he just, because it seemed so frivolous to him that someone would go on in the field I studied, right? That, you know, what are you going to do with that? You know, it was all I ever heard was, what are you going to do with that degree? You know, so it was like, it wasn't like I was, what's, what's a degree that we can say that doesn't have a clear career path? Can we think of one? Anthropology. <laughs> Anthropology. A lot of people don't know what anthropologists do, right? But it's like, you can always teach math. Anyway, how about you guys? Now, did you have, what if you had said, either one of you had said to your families that you weren't going to go to college? What would your dad have said? You know what? When I was, when I was in my first, no, second job out of college, I was with people where it occurred to me that you have a discussion about whether or not you go to college. It never even was a discussion in my house. Like it never, I never had a discussion. Are you going? It was just, where are you going? What are you going to do? It was, you know, and it never occurred to me that other, depending on how you lived and where you lived and what happened that you had a discussion about whether or not you would go. And I, that, that was the first time I realized that when I was this, my second job out of college, it was, I just didn't get that. I didn't, you know what I mean? I was sheltered or whatever. I didn't know. That you, that you... <laughs> and, and also I, I'd say that, I have a lot of friends who didn't go to college. There's a lot of really, really awesome jobs out there that don't require a college degree. That, well, that were more so now too. I think yeah. a lot of people are waking up and saying, I've seen big companies say, you know what? College degree not required for, we're not, we're no longer requiring college degree. Yeah. And so I think that's because there was, there's, there was this hot, you know, a bit of haughtiness around, oh, do they have a four-year degree? Even if the person is, 25 years of experience, you know, can run circles for anybody else. There was a bit of, there was a time period, long period of time where that didn't matter. It was about the four-year degree. So now it's shifting. Do you know what I think started to change that? And I think change, change takes a long time. I think the thing that started to change that was when computer science, when computers came in, because in the early, early days of computers, you couldn't have had a degree because there weren't computer science majors. And the people who were really shaking up the world had no degrees. They just had a, a passion and an interest. And that's when people started to remember that uh, having a four-year degree doesn't necessarily mean that you will or won't be successful. Because I remember the person who wrote one of the first computer science books didn't go to didn't have a degree in computer science. You know, it's just sort of funny how um, it just sort of woke us up to again remembering that you can be an expert at something. It doesn't. You don't have to have that stamp of approval on it. So awesome. now I know Jill that you have. You told me this one time that uh, a lot of your friends that you went to engineering school with, they had their babies and they did not go back to work. Right? Are you the? Did you once tell me you were the only one of your friends who went back to work? I, I think at w- one time that was true. Well, I've seen people. You mean, you're, I just want to clarify, you're saying who graduated with you in, 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 in the e-school? There, there were a number, so I wouldn't say all, but there was at one point where I was one of the only ones that, you know, first of all, I had children later than a lot of my friends did. I had a child later. And so there was one time when I was the only person, I think, who was in the workplace. I had a group of friends that, um, you know, a lot of folks decided to step back, which I admire and wish I, I wish I, I wish I could have done in some ways, like being able to take off more time and spend time. But a lot of, a lot of them, I think since have either, it's probably split evenly where folks that, you know, have decided not to go back in at all. 
and kind of that's been like more of a decoration. Some of them pursued other things like more, you know, passion type of things and gotten other degrees and, um, you know, started side businesses and that kind of thing. Um, but, and then some of them have reentered now back into the workplace, but it's, it is hard. I think when you look around and sometimes it can be, you know, I, I think sometimes it can be demotivating. You're like, gosh, why, why am I in this? All my friends have it where they can be at yeah. home and this yeah. and, other, and I'm sitting here and da, da, da. And I think that there's, but I've heard from some of my friends who stayed home that they're envious in some ways to say, you have a career and you know, you have all these different things outside of the home. And so I think it's, it's classic. Everybody's always looking at the other side. Yeah. But, and so I've seen some of my friends who, who, who have felt they're happy. They've made that investment in their, in their family, but they also kind of wish they had more time for their own explorations and their own passion type of, um, you know, things to pursue. What about the ones who you said went back? How did that, did you get details on that? Like, how did that work? Who, who went back into their jobs? Did that work? Well, so one of them left a kind of like a high power, very stressful, always a change your desk type of job. And when she went back, she went part-time into part-time, like a couple days a week, you know, I think like two days a week and then eventually three days a week into like more of a nonprofit, something that she, you know, didn't require, you know, she could leave if she needed to. And then now she's gotten back finally, uh, I think her child's about six years old and gotten back into a full-time, a full-time gig. And that, I think for her was like a perfect model, you know, in terms of she got all the knowledge from that, you know, that trustful job and then was able to take it to something that she more, more mm-hmm. desires to do. Mm-hmm. So it, but that's not, I, my cousin, I have a cousin who, uh, electrical engineering major, uh, married another engineer she left the workplace and um, when she had her children, she had two children. And I think the children were maybe like, um, you know, middle school, high school. And her husband cheated on her, all kinds of like, you know, all kinds of ugliness. And here she is where, you know, he left her and um, was divorced, you know, really nasty, ugly divorce. And she's got, you know, two kids. She hasn't been in the workplace for 13, 14 years, you know, she, she had electrical engineering degree, but couldn't get a job. And so it's a situation where I think there's so much risk that women put into somebody else. And I think for a man who's in that situation, gosh, what if you just want to take some time off? If you're the man and you're tired of your job and you just want to take a year off to go do whatever, like the pressure to not, you know, for you not being able to do that is so high. Yeah, that's we, we, uh, Khadija and I talk about how the patriarchy doesn't work for men or women, right? Because, yeah. I mean, everyone's aware of how patriarchal society is, can, can, be hard for a woman, but it's equally hard for men in different ways. Just like what you said is that there is such pressure for them to be steady and reliable workers. Women, I mean, this is again, you know, from my limited experience, but women can change careers several times in their life 
right? And you can, I've, I've seen women swing all the way from being, you know, engineers to hairstylists in the same, and you know, like they, they do that. No one really judges them. But if a man changes his job, there's sort of like this limit of how many times a man can change his job and career before you start going, mm, yeah, <laughs> it's right. Or like you said, what if they just want to take a year off and build a boat in their backyard? There's a lot of pressure for a man but to, in the please. end, be the reliable, steady one. It's what her, it's what her dad said about her taking off, like not yeah. going back. It put all this pressure on her husband. And then he, he can, if that's, if he's, if he's the only one doing it and holding it down, then he never gets any room. There's, there's too much stress. You think about retiring, you think about like all the things that require, like your child going to a certain kind of school or just even having all of those things, I think you're are enabled by a two income household. And I think you, you know, it creates a certain level of, um, and then on the flip side, it's like, okay, so let's say if a woman stays home, okay, then it's like, she doesn't also doesn't want to, she's with children all day long. That's stressful. That is so stressful. That's probably one of the hardest jobs in the universe is to be home with their own kids you know, <laughs> running around all day long because you get no break because they're there at night and they're there in the morning, you know, and they're there. And then, you know, it's like, she's expected to do all these things. So what does that look like for a woman staying at home? You're supposed to have dinner ready on time at home, a clean house, like all these perfect things. So nobody wants to do the average woman I know gets really bitter when all those things are added to her. And when the husband walks in the house, she wants to hand her child off to him, but he's been working all day long. So it's like the dynamics just are so hard either way. And so I think sometimes you have to evaluate if that is winning and not everybody has a luxury. And I say that because there's so much judgment. I think sometimes people feel by the choices they make that they feel compelled through their heart, whatever to make, but it's hard. If you're with your children all day long, your cousin, your husband comes home, you haven't had an adult conversation where he just wants to decompress. You're in, you know, you're just looking for an outlet. It's hard. It's hard. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of feel, um, that as a teacher, I sort of had both sides of this because I didn't work in the summertime and my kids were not in school, obviously in the summertime. And so I'd be <laughs> at home with three kids all day long. And, you know, that my husband didn't even get to take his shoes off when he walked in the door before I was like in the car driving somewhere <laughs> because, you know, just get me away from here. It's just so hard. And I thought that yeah. going to work was for me felt like the cop out. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm not with these kids all day long. I, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just, th- when I said, when I was joking before and I said there was a little bit of judgment on my part. And what I wanted, because um, Jolinda has not been a uh, frequent, she has not listened to all of our podcasts yet. So she doesn't know yet about our whole discussion about what do you owe the next generation, right? Wow, so this is- Right. So here's the, here's the thing, right? Like Jill, your mom worked your whole life as did your father. Right. Mm -hmm. And same thing with you. Right. Khadijah. Yes. And so it's, and it's, so it's no wonder to me that you guys also do that because so often we end up, especially if you had happy childhoods, right. You'd sort of want to recreate what you had as a childhood for your Mm -hmm. own family. But so if, you know, whatever you want for your son, or your daughter, then you have to live that. Hmm. Right. I mean, you can't sit there. Like I, I feel strongly, like I know several women who never returned back to work after they had babies, but they wanted desperately for their daughters to have careers. 
Yeah. Like, like we're really pushing certain careers on them too. In one case, they really, really wanted their daughter to be a lawyer. Um, and another one, you know, like really pushed it because they felt maybe they saw an aptitude or something, but then, you know, the, that, that child is looking at their mother thinking, well, I mean, why do I have to do that? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, why do I, why do you want something so different for me than what you chose for yourself? And what you know? are you going to tell me is the plan? Like if it's the girl and it's, you know, it's a woman and she has a girl and you're pushing her to do this. What are you going to tell me is the plan when I want to have a baby and want to have the kid? Cause you know, th- I'm going to have the same problem solving issues you had is, you know, is the world going to be different for me to make a different choice or, you know, what, what we got to talk about that. What is the plan here that I'm not going to just, you know, that I'm not going to make the same choice you do for the same stressful reasons. Like, and I think they're just, they're not like thinking about that part. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just, I mean, if I didn't have my mother for my son, like yeah. I, it'd be a whole different, like, I think it'd be a whole different scenario just in terms of to the thought of taking my child to daycare at that age was terrifying to me. Yeah. Like yeah. taking a yeah. child that's three months old to a daycare center. That was terrifying. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I said to someone uh, the other day, we did a podcast about the timing of children, having children. And I floated this idea that, do you remember, um, do you remember Jill and a much older woman who taught math at, at, in the engineering school? Do you remember her? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yes. And um, so she was the one that she said to me that uh, she was just, she floated the idea that, you know, we're still as women in the workplace, still trying to make, um, follow the men's timeline, trying to make that fit in, even though we have children and don't have children. She says, you know, an alternative is that a woman, you finish college and if possible, you have your children then. Like if you actually have found someone you like and you want to have your children, you have your children then. And then you go back to grad school after your children have gone to kindergarten. Right. And so I was saying this to a friend that like, you know, you know, maybe maybe instead of keep pushing the age back and back and back and back till that we should because that's something everyone respects. Everyone respects a woman waiting until she's in her 30s or even early 40s to have a baby. But, you know, what do you feel about a woman who has a baby at 20, 22? Right. It's like, yeah. But um, and so I was saying to this friend of mine, you know, maybe that's maybe that's a solution we hadn't thought about is if it works for you to have your babies early and not start your career until they're a little bit older. And she said, she goes, yeah, but the only way that works is if the parents help out. I'm like, and what's wrong with that? I'm like, why was that such a negative? You know, why would you not want your parents to help out? Right? Well, I think that can be stressful for a lot of people too. Yeah, right. You know, like right. your parent, right. like me and my mom's in our bedroom and all, you know, there's like all these boundaries that just get exploded when you have, when you have your parent in the house all, you know, all the time. And so I think there's, but I, but what your friend said implies that there's this ultra plan. People are, some people are not as planned, right? You know, you're just thinking, I want to get these things done. I, I want to have my master's. I had, my cousin says, uh, bachelor's before babies, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> she, she's got this plan that she wants to have like these different things. And then you think, okay, well, let me go and get my grads, my grad degree, because if I wait till I have kids, I'm never going to get it done. So you have all these things you do and you do and you do. There's right, a movie, right. um, have you heard of the movie called Idiocracy? 
Yes. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. So I only watched like a disclaimer. I only watched like the first 20 minutes. You couldn't of it, get through like, it because why? Because you thought it was so terrible? It was so stupid. Have you heard of this movie, Khadijah? Uh-huh. Oh, you should watch it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But the, so, first, like, the first like five minutes, if you just watch the first five minutes, it's like on HBO Prime or something. And she, the oh, guy... Is it the one where they like say that the smart people stopped having babies and ran out of time? Yes. Yeah. But, okay. I can see that. No, I did. Because <laughs> I kept saying like, I can't have a child in this economy. I can't yeah. do this right now. And like, I need to have more money in my retirement before I have kids. And next thing you know, she's like 45 trying to have her first child, you know? <laughs> but that's generally, I mean, it's sometimes that's how it is. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's such a good point is we're talking about all this from a point of view as if we all had a plan going into it, right? I mean, when I was 27 years old, if you had known me then, I would have said to you, I will never, ever get married or have kids because that was the plan, right? Well, then here I was at 30 with all of that reversed. It all changed in the course of three years. So um, yeah, I mean, life often is very good at getting in the way of all these plans that you have. And like, you know, I didn't have a lot of plans. You know, I think like, do you, like, I always think about how I have applied for one job in my life. <laughs> one job. I've had four different jobs, but I applied for the first one, got it. And then from that job, I got offered all the other ones, right? Like, and also just a little aside here that is um, something that I think is so funny is, has anyone ever asked what grades you got in college? When I first wow. graduated from college, people asked. You mean, like that when you very say first. anyone, you mean employers? Or yeah, you yeah, mean- yeah. Right. No, 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 people on the street. <laughs> hey, like, it was a you- transcript. <laughs> <laughs> the very first job I had, they asked for GPA. But after that, no. Same, it was it, really, so it was it asking for the GPA like as a as a screening technique? Like we only hire yeah. people with the, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just feel like no one's ever asked me. I think about how hard I worked for that GPA. Right. No one ever asked. Like the least you could do is ask what it was because it was pretty darn good. All right. I saw someone who had a GPA in the resume recently. I was like, take it off of there. <laughs> what was it? Was it a good GPA? Yeah, I was like, I got 3.4 and did it. I was like, it just it just read so young. You yeah, know, that they right. had their GPA. It's like I, my first assignment at work, I put my name on the corner. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I had to turn to the report. The right hand corner. I had my name like top right. And they were like, seriously, <laughs> the name and the date. Oh, I had, wait, so we were talking, I was going to ask you about GPA. I was going to ask you another question. Do you remember, Jill, back when you were in college, do you remember a, a peer of yours who was pregnant? Yeah. You remember her? Yeah. And um, have <laughs> I told like you? unnamed peer. The unnamed <laughs> Rhymes with, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, the unnamed peer who was pregnant. Oh, are you thinking of the one that's okay? There are several, Mary. There really? are several, Mary. Who had the baby? Yeah. In the engineering school. Only one. Actually, she was not in the. Actually, there were a couple. You may have known them all. Huh. Okay. Well, I was going to say how I was telling Khadijah earlier the story about one one of my former students who I think you knew who was pregnant like early on, like her first year, second year. Okay. And um, 
And she had the baby and she had this terrible, terrible GPA. But then eventually my husband hired her because her GPA was so bad. Oh, I didn't know her, but yeah. Okay, you know, you know who I'm talking about? Nicole, you her- talked about this before. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say- family, oh, remember? We talked about this on the dinner table. I know. I know. I know. Eight right. Thanksgivings ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And you know, Kadisha said she remembers about you, which- about me? Yeah, yeah. She remembers going over to your apartment and working out. What? In the apartment? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a sad thing for me. This is like all my all my like moments of like they were good moments, but they were always like trying to lose weight and work out. <laughs> but you were at the it was the, the white apartment, you know, the building across from the from the East School, the you know, the one down. Yes. That was weird like place to live. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got that place. That place was like that was sweet. <laughs> And then you, but you went over there and you guys did a workout together or what? Yeah, we were doing some kind of like video. No, we were just, you had like a, you know, the gym thing in your place. And we were like, oh, we're going to do this. And we had a whole little schedule and thing. It was just Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That's funny. You remember this? I remember you used to come by my place, Mary, every now and then. I used to come by to change my clothes to go running. I (laughs) know. I wasn't going to provide that detail, but yeah, I remember. <laughs> I would come over to your house. I would change my clothes. We'd go for a run. And I remember one time, uh, for some reason, I had to take a shower at your house. I remember that detail as well. But right? I admitted like, it, I admitted why, it why for the purpose of this. <laughs> why did I have to take a shower at your apartment? I but I remember teachers think you were weird with your relationship with your students. The other teachers, like professors, just like they... You know, I wondered I, that. You know, I have wondered that too. But actually, um, I mean, maybe they didn't know. I, I don't. Know. Well, <laughs> some of them knew. Yeah. One of them knew. Who's that? Can you say the initials? No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, I, so you know, the background is where I went to college was a small. I went to a small college, three thousand people in the entire school. Look and. Uh, and so, and, and I taught there. So one of my jobs was I went back to my alma mater and I taught. And as um, uh, a requirement of your teachings, there's that you have to, you had to host all your students at your house for an end of the year celebration. And it was highly encouraged to take your students out. To, there was a pool of money to take your students out to lunch and do all these things to try and get good relationships. So when I got to UVA, I thought that was the norm. So like here I am and like taking people out to lunch and inviting them over thinking I'm going to get all this like, you know, way to go. <laughs> they were like, yeah, like, what is her problem? What does she not have her own friends? <laughs> I mean, think, think about who I worked with. Mm-hmm. What was I going to you know, There's think about them, you know, back I don't you think any of my other professors ever did any socializing. No, I'm trying to think really hard. Right. Could you picture me socializing with any of them? Not like even like having a conversation. I mean, they were, and I'm not trying to be in any way insulting to them. There was a huge age gap. When I started at UVA, I was 28 years old. I was 28 when I, when I just said the school. Anyway, I, I, I was 28 years old when I started teaching there. Most of my colleagues were in their 50s. Yeah. They were 28, you said? Yeah, I was 28 when I started teaching there. And so there was such a huge age gap. I was way closer in age to my students than I was to my colleagues. And I think, I think you were my age now. Yeah. When we met. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Is that weird? That was weird. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So anyway, I I think that they all thought it was very strange, but I um, you know, I'd say I'd say if just for the viewers and the audience out there, just so they don't think that I'm there's something really strange about this. I mean, there's you two who I've always stayed in touch with, and there's really one other male student. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I'm, you know who I'm you, talking about. Every time okay, I think so of, Jill, the funny I thing think, about this male student is this like my is this my sibling? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the funny (laughs) thing, one of the things that makes me laugh every time is when I went to this student's wedding. Um, Do you remember this? I went to the wedding and uh, (laughs) you finished the story. (laughs) Are you going to say that you flew in, rented a car and you got a hotel room? I don't know if you say the same thing. And you went to the wedding time and then you went home planning to send whatever and this individual called you and said mary you, did, you didn't get me a gift <laughs> no. <laughs> no i forgot about that no i was gonna say how we flew in we rented a car we drive to the church we get there on time right and we're the only people in the church <laughs> and um and like the wedding is like, like it was supposed to start at, let's say one o'clock or something like this, like one twenty. And I keep looking and like, this was before GPS. I was like, we got to be at the wrong church. We got to be at the wrong church. Mm-hmm. And then you come in and you sat down next to me. And as soon as you saw me, you don't remember this. You looked at me and you laughed. You just, you burst out and you went, oh, did you get here on time? It's one o'clock. You said, it's one o'clock black people time. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. You don't remember, do you remember the candles? Do you remember the candles at the wedding for almost catching the church on fire because they melted all the way down? No. You don't remember that? <laughs> I remember about that wedding is that we were still in the college mentality. Yes. And so, like, I think it was either a married couple. We had a couple friends, me and another friend that started with a T. I can't say his uh-huh. name. Yep, yep, yep. We all piled and we were, we had this college, we all piled and shared a room together. And it was like, we were, you know, the cosmetology. What? The married couple? I don't know if they were actually married yet, but I want to say they were. So it was like four of us, all pounds. It's like this little hotel room because we were trying to save like 80 bucks, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't remember calling you, though, and asking you why he didn't give you a gift after you said you not to get there. I also, I remember that wedding that they had on the, um, let's make sure he never listens to this because they had on the, um, what do you call the program you get at a wedding? It's like a program, is that what you call it? Program. And they had, at, you know, the wedding was ceremony, then there's gonna be the cocktail hour, then the dinner, right? And, but there were no cocktails at the cocktail hour because they don't drink. And so it was all, it was all juices and lemonades and things like that. And I remember at the wedding, because I was a little stressed out, um, thinking, oh, God, I can't wait for that cocktail hour. And then it was like, <laughs> you like orange juice or lemonade? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, that was really, it's been really fun having you here as a guest, Jalinda. Now you have to listen yeah. to the other podcasts and find out if you even want to associate with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had no I idea what I was walking I, into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Khadija. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Oh, yes. I guess we'll um, we'll check in with you later and see if anything's changed in your life at some point. Yeah. Sounds good. 
Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Are you ready to reclaim your energy from your beauty blocks once and for all? Download the Beauty Blocks Energy Tracker and get started today. Visit anonymousoul.com forward slash beauty blocks to get a better understanding of what beauty blocks are and how they are the number one thing holding you back from the life you really want. That's anonymousoul.com forward slash beauty blocks.